You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Yeah, I see a lot. Yourself? Uh, I, I'm not bad. Today was actually a really nice day. The sun was out, bright, shining all day. Not a cloud in the sky, but it was like 72 all day. You know, oh, and light breeze blowing. Oh, it was crisp. It was great. It wasn't hot or anything like that. Uh, it was it was really nice. Uh, got w- some... Would you like me to send some of the heat your way? Don't don't worry because it's on the way. It'll be here tomorrow. It's going to be like a hundred. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna suck. Uh, but I'm yeah. Th- hey, I'm I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a decent counter to that. I'm putting a swimming pool in. So, so you're gonna uh, yeah above ground below ground. Where, where, above, where you got above ground? Yeah, above ground. Above ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot less digging. A, a lot less digging, and um, you know, it's it's really just a it's a thumb in the face of uh guys like Peter Brabig from the Nestle Corporation. Well, that's not a human right. Yeah. You can't do that. Now you swimming pool in your back garden. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Watch me. Watch me. Ask yeah. clown. Uh, let's uh, let's just let's jump right into it. Now, I I don't know if we're going to get to the full hour today because tomorrow is a very very busy day uh, for me. So I'm I'm probably not going to have much time to. We, we got to kind of rush through this stuff today, and I, I really hate to do that. But you know something, I always say, yeah, we're probably not going to do the full time today, and we end up going over. So I mean, it's yeah, that's like my typical uh, thing. Vladimir Putin did an interview with NBC News. Can you believe he actually sat down with these idiots? Yeah, actually, I, I can, because it, it seems like it, it would be a perfect opportunity to stir the pot a little bit. Well, he stirred it all right. He was asked if he was a killer, because that's what President Biden called him. He was asked if he was a killer. And of course, you could tell. Now, I don't know if it was just cropped because it was pre-taped or, or what, uh, but you could tell that it was an immediate response after he got done giggling and laughing. And of course, he says, you know, it's it's these little insults like this that um, that, that really make for, for bad. Pre- well, you know what? Let me just play a clip of it here. Vladimir Putin tells us he's going into next week's summit. The U.S. at an historic low. We have a bilateral relationship that has deteriorated to its lowest point in recent years. The Russian leader last met with an American president in Helsinki in 2018. So how... Notice they say that the Russian leader last met with an American president, but they don't say who it is. Yeah, just thought I'd like to point that out. Does he compare former President Trump with the fifth American president he's now set to meet? He told us Biden is someone he can work with. You once described President Trump as a bright person, talented. How would you describe President Biden? Well, even now, I believe that former U.S. President, Mr. Trump, is an extraordinary individual, talented individual. Otherwise, he would not have become U.S. President. He's a colorful individual. You may like him or not. And but he didn't come from the U.S. establishment. He had not been part of big time politics before. And some like it. Some don't like it. But that is a fact. President Biden, of course, is radically different from Trump because President Biden is a career man. He has spent virtually his entire adulthood in politics. Just think of the number of years he spent in the Senate. 
a different kind of person. And it is my great hope that, yes, there are some advantages, some disadvantages, but there will not be any impulse-based movements on behalf of the sitting U.S. president. That wasn't the actual audio that I was hoping for, but uh, yeah, he basically laughed off the, uh, the killer comment. But th- I guess that was a little bit more juicy. You know, what Putin is saying there, and this is just my own dissection of, of what he just said, what Putin is saying there is Trump's a more palatable adversary than this Yahoo who's a nobody. He, he's a little bit more willing to sit down at the table and talk turkey while we can both do it with a smile on our faces, as opposed to this guy that doesn't know where uh, his dinner is. That's what Putin's saying. Yeah, he uh, had quite a few praises there for for Trump. He did and not many because he re- because Biden. he respects him. Yeah, because he respects yeah. him. That's why. And it's it's not it, it's not a, a political thing in the sense of Trump's a politician. No, 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 no. Trump is willing to sit down and deal. That's what Putin wants to do. He wants to sit down and go against an adversary. That's the old Soviet way. Yeah, that's how it was. Nikita Khrushchev. Oh, he would come at you with a smile on his face, but oh man, uh, if you cross the party behind the scenes, oh, that's yeah, you know what's going to happen to you. So, uh, like I said, Russian politics are are very cutthroat uh, traditionally. Traditionally, now it's not to say, like I said, they've gone through some reforms, but Putin sees Trump as a more formidable opponent that he can actually sit down and work with and talk out diplomacy and make deals with. Biden, you can't do that because Biden's not a real guy. He's doing whatever uh, the people behind the curtain are telling him to do. Yeah. And I, I think that it's also um, uh, I, I don't recall Putin going to Trump and saying, um, hey, you want to have a debate? I, I don't recall him doing that. No, uh, he, he didn't. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump, the first interview he gave, this is when he was president elect. This is before he was. Well, actually, there is no such thing. But this is when he was uh, elected. But he hadn't yet been sworn in uh, to be the 45th president of the United States. And the question was then posed to him because immediately what was happening? Oh, Russia collusion, Russia collusion. Yeah, the, the Russia thing, blah, blah, blah. And we we saw the the push of the establishment in America trying to get the conflict going with Russia immediately. And he went on to Michael Savage and he's uh, Michael Savage show. And he said, uh, President Trump, what are you going to or what would you do? Uh, if you were president now, if you were already sworn in, he says, what, what would you do? And he says, I would immediately call a meeting with Vladimir Putin. I'd say, let's sit down and let's talk this out and let's let's do it publicly uh, and, and let's find out what's going on. Let's let's hash all this out. Let's clear the air. And that's what you should do. That's what you should do. But see, the rest of this, that that's not going to happen. You notice that Putin tried to talk about that a few weeks ago or a few months ago, rather, with his photo op, with his uh, I think it was his foreign secretary or whoever it was. And he said, Okay, what's his name? Biden was uh, was calling him a killer and the rest of it on national TV. And Putin says, let's sit down and let's let's talk this out and let's do it. uh, Let's do it face to face. Let's live stream it for the world. Let's let the world decide because Putin can play. Putin can do it. He knows Trump can do it, too. But Biden cannot. Yeah, Uh, I actually think that would be a comical uh, uh, event, but it would not be advantageous for the U.S. because it would just make us look like fools even more because of Biden. He wouldn't be able to stand up against Putin. This whole sham, though, with the G7, this is making every single uh, represented nation there look like fools anyway to the rest of the world. Uh, forget forget about uh, the ones that are there. Look at Canada. Look at look at Italy. Look at France. Look at the United States. Look at Germany. On the world, look at the UK. On the world stage, we look like asshats to the Far East. This is who represents us? This? These clowns. 
every last one of them. They're up there talking about uh, a bunch of nonsense garbage about climate change and, and infrastructure and, and green this and green that and inclusive this and, and fairness that that mean absolutely nothing. All that is is a talking point coming out of Davos from Klaus Schwab. That's all that is. And more than that, have you seen these photos? The ones that have been posted up there, they're standing staggered on on the steps or whatever. They're all sitting in chairs and they're all socially distanced and crisscross from each other. Complete photo op. It's complete nonsense. Because if you look at the actual videos of them sitting down, having their lunch, having drinks or whatever, they're not social distanced. They're not wearing masks. They're shaking hands. They're having their little cocktail party, whatever thing in the back garden with the queen. It's truly disgusting to sit there and watch these these slobs. And that's what they are. The, these slobs stand up there and behave like this. Those are not representatives of we the people. Those are not representatives of we the people. Those people have never been a representative of anyone. China seems to agree with you. Yeah. And believe me, they're watching. So yeah, uh, China... China came out and warned the G7 that uh, uh, the world, uh, well, the days when a small group of countries decided the fate of the world were long gone. Yeah. So uh, they claim in these photos that they are they are COVID compliant. Yeah, they're, they're COVID compliant. They, they claim that they are. And then, of course, if you look at uh, uh, Johnson and, and Merkel, they're doing the elbow thing with the masks on in front of the cameras. But then... You look at the cocktail party in the back garden with the queen. Yeah, there's there's no elbows. There's no masks. I saw one yesterday of uh, or, or today, actually, of uh, Macron and uh, Johnson with uh, with an, an English shield and a French shield and and swords, you know, just doing this total. I mean, you could tell it was just, you know, it, it was staged. They were all, you know, one was on the defensive and the other one was striking down. It was disgusting. It's disgusting. Who are you placating to? Who who are who are these people placating to? Who I, I'm I'm trying to understand who who you're placating to. Who who are you trying to sell this stuff to? Because the only thing you're doing is you're doing exactly what Klaus Schwab and maybe that's maybe that's the the goal here. You're doing exactly what Klaus Schwab said. Yeah, I I think we're going to have a more angry world by the end of the year. Well, the reason you're going to have a more angry world by the end of the year is because your sorry asses are creating it. So Biden and Macron are standing there. I'm, I'm watching the video and that they. Uh, well, actually, you know what? It's um, it's quite it's quite interesting. I mean, Bruce, does this does this look like any any social distancing to you? A- any of that? Does that, does that look like social distancing to you? That now that's social mm-hmm. distancing. Yeah, that that one is. Yeah, you know, that's that's the photo yeah, op of them sitting crisscross. Yeah, and you see the the domes and everything behind it, like the sustainable whatever, like the bubble city crap you see in like Agenda twenty thirty mm-hmm. and twenty fifty and all the garbage. Yeah. Now, there's more photo ops at the top, right? There's photo ops at the top. But of course, you see the garden parties at the bottom. Do those look like um, social distance events to you with masks or, or anything like that? Does that, does that look like does, that, does uh, Biden and Macron, does that look like it's it's social distance mm-hmm. at all? No. Mm-hmm. no, no. Are you sure? I mean, how Macron has his hands right there in Biden's chest on his elbows like that. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. not that's mm-hmm. not social t- and neither one of them are wearing masks that's not social distance uh, mm-hmm. or anything yeah. no yeah. no and then that that right there that's that's not mm. social distance that's you know where, where macron has that- his arm on biden's back and biden has his arm on macron's back it almost looks fake almost his hand yeah. the way the way that yeah it almost looks it fake. looks like it's just been pasted there yeah now yeah. does that does that with the queen there does that, does that look like it's social distancing no 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 nobody i mean nobody there has a mask on or anything no. either 
no, the, no, no masks, no, no social distancing, no, no, none of the rest of it. Uh, and of mm-hmm. course, there was Prince mm-hmm. Charles there in the background. If you if you didn't notice that, uh, he's there. Yeah, I did. nice, yeah. nice, big, bright red cheeks. I'm sure he was reanimated before he got there. So yeah, uh, hypocrisy. And and like I said, it's exactly what Schwab and company want. They want the conflict. They're going to have to create the anger in order to get you to respond. See, everything is about pushing you into a response. Freedom Day in the UK. Well, we're going to have a million people uh, that could possibly die. So we're going to have to we're going to have to push that back. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate because in the words of Dr. Hillary Jones on Good Morning Britain, does it make sense to open anything when when uh, cases are rising? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Now, the businesses have said that they're going to open. They don't care. They're going to open. And if the government takes any steps to try and stop them, then they are going to file a class action lawsuit and they're going to stay open. You know, by the businesses saying that, that's the elite's direct response is saying, okay, let's see if you actually do it. This is economic warfare, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, well, okay, yeah, the cases are dropping because we say they're dropping and and uh, we're all going to get back to a somewhat semblance of normal. No, that's not how this works. You think you're going to get to go on that holiday? No, you're not. They don't want you traveling. What was it that, uh, what was it that happened the other day? The first all vaccinated cruise line was just put to sea the other day. Guess what? Oh, they got cases. Everybody on that ship was vaccinated. Every last one of them. Fully vaccinated. They got cases on that ship. And I'm sure they have to adhere to all of the usual BS while they're on there. The hygiene, which there's nothing wrong with bad hygiene. The hygiene, the the masks, the social distancing, all the rest of it. Right. Because there's no there's no talk of getting rid of any of that. Even if you go out and take one of these experimental jabs, there's no talk of getting rid of of any of that. They're still saying, well, you have to do all that stuff anyway. So there's there's no it's like they're 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 giving you the incentive, but they're taking it away from you in the same sentence. So we have to shut down the UK. The elite says we have to keep the UK closed. The elite says, "Okay, well, we're going to call your bluff uh, and see if you keep your businesses closed and you want to travel. You saw what happened in Portugal. Well, at least that really didn't make the Western media at all. All the holiday makers, all the the people that had been jabbed and all the people that had tested negative and all the rest of it. Of course, you still have to go through all the testing and everything. You still have to go through all that. Everybody loaded up and went down to uh, went down to the Algarve in uh, in Portugal. What happened? Two days down there, three days down there, the Portuguese government said, uh, "Yeah, we're going to have to change everything. Uh, we, we've got to we've got to reintroduce curfews and, and, and lockdowns and, and everything else." So what happened? Everybody that spent all that money and all that time and all that testing and everything else that went down there then had to flood into the airports by the tens of thousands to rebook all their flights to get back to the the UK and to whatever other nation they came from. And they had to go through all the testing again. They had to go through all the mask wearing again. They had to go through the quarantines now at their expense. And what are the airlines announcing today? Oh, you want to go on a holiday? Well, we're recommending that uh, those of you who have been vaccinated, we're recommending that you not fly due to uh, a risk of blood clots because of cabin pressurization. So let me get this straight. We're an airline and we're going to require you to be vaccinated before you can get onto our airplane. But yet we're recommending that you not fly because of a risk of blood clots due to cabin pressurization on our airplane. So what is it? Do you want people's money or don't you? Do you want to stay in business or don't you? You know, they're saying the airlines have now hit a, uh, a point of rebound. About two million people usually go through U.S. airports a day. Usually, I mean, in total, in total, all airports, about two million people a day. So last year, they had about one and a half million people. I'm sorry, 2.03 million people 
was approximately one and a half million more people that traveled than this time last year. So the numbers are up significantly because people have been locked down. They want to travel. They want to go places. Yeah. Now, see, the uh, the clique there at the G7 uh, that are doing the bidding of the uh, the party at Davos, they don't want you going anywhere. And, uh, does, does that not click with people yet? Does that does that not resonate? They, they don't want you going no. anywhere. And when I say that they don't want you going anywhere, let me explain the severity of what I'm talking about. Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050. Oh, yeah, there's a 2050. We'll talk about that shortly. They don't want you to go outside of your hometown, but maybe three or four times in your life. That's the level of what we're talking about here. They don't want you to drive a car. Oh, you think, oh, they're going to give you some uh, high piece of technology, some glorified golf cart, which is all an electric car is, by the way. They're going to give you one of these things. And that's somehow going to right the fossil fuel issue that they keep complaining about. No, that's just so they can take away your right to drive and to go places. And if you think I'm joking, just wait, just wait, because it goes to a larger point. So the airline industry, they say that they're starting to recover. Of course, some airlines will never recover from this. And then, you know, there was that thing about uh, Boom Supersonic that just made a deal with United Airlines. They've already bought 15 of their supersonic passenger liners, and they've put an additional 35 on order after the first 15 are delivered. There's just a little bit of a problem uh, with that. Now, maybe it's maybe it's just a setback. I don't know. But there's just a little bit of a problem. But don't you think that if you order an airliner, a passenger liner from a company, don't you think that they should have actually built something that flies first? Now, I'm not knocking the independent entrepreneur, not doing that. But for God's sake, can you at least put a prototype up? Something? I mean, if I'm a major airline, you tell, and you tell me, they're, they're advertising that as uh, net zero carbon or whatever. You tell me that that's not a cash flow money laundering operation from somewhere. Tell me that that's not what that is. Kind of like Solyndra. Yeah. You give a company $10 billion through government programs, and then the next day, the solar company goes bust and no one knows where the money went. That's a gangster right there. So air, they say airline bookings have been picking up uh, since around February. That's as more people have been vaccinated. However, they're saying, no, you, you might not want to travel. You might not want to get on an airplane if you've been vaccinated because of blood clots, possible blood clots. Yeah. Well, and rowdy passengers. Apparently, they've been having a problem with uh, disruptive passengers. Uh, basically, they're, they're trying to go back on, as you're saying, uh, keeping people from traveling because... Basically, what they're saying is people aren't wearing their masks or they're coming on and getting drunk or something like that, you know, and, and I mean, the typical drunk on a flight is not uncommon, but not wearing the mask is the big one. That That's the one they really want to drill. Yeah, in. yeah. And, and somebody tried to, uh, it, by the way, that's that's not even I, I would argue that that's not even legal, to be fair, because you're essentially you're, you're using a government agency to enforce that on a private company. That That's not even legal. I'll make that argument all day long. The only association that the airline should have with the federal government is the FAA operators in the control towers. That's it. That's it. There shouldn't be anything else involved there. Nothing. Anyway, and I, you know, I, I didn't mean to go on that long rant there. But um, like I said, they just they don't want people going anywhere. And when I say that, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being facetious, any of the rest of it. Let's look at the cover, the front page today, because Freedom Day in the UK was was delayed. Let's look at the front page of the Telegraph today. What does it say? The front. Now, I thought it was a when I first saw it, I thought, OK, no, this is this is from like last year or, or something. You know, th- this is from last year, I thought, because these are the headlines we were seeing last year. But the front page of the Telegraph today, Bruce, what 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 does this say? What does that say? Fears that restrictions could be in place until spring. Huh. Spring. You mean you're not going to reopen at all? 
until next spring now. What are these people getting pointers from Fauci? That's what we, as you said, that's what we were expecting last year. That, that's the kind of rhetoric that, like, I would have expected to hear that last year when it was first, you know, they had the first lockdowns and they're going and they were like, well, you know, we, we won't be able to open till spring because, you know, we closed down in the, in the winter. So, uh, no. I, I wish Marty was wrong in what he said the other day. I, I wish he was wrong in that, but I don't think he is. So the ones that are imposing this, the, uh, the cabal at the G7, now, again, they're just they're just fronts. And you say, well, wait a minute. Uh, but these these are the ones that, that carried out. No, these people are just doing what they're told. We're going to pull that curtain back here very shortly. And I keep building up to it. And they're like, well, you just I, I, I can already tell the listeners probably just saying, you know what? You've been building up to this. Just shut up and get it over with. <laughs> I'd be saying the same thing. But I want to get to this first, because this is the kind of nonsense that they're putting forth. And, you know, it's it's all coming from the same place. It's all coming at us the same way in the countries. They're not really passing any radical laws because it's illegal what they're doing. I mean, yeah, they're they're putting through like regulations and all the rest of it. That's that's what totalitarians do. They usually don't pass it by law. They do it through regulations and treaties and and, and all the rest of it. That's usually how they they take over. Because you take any of this stuff into any of the courts that we actually have left, they're going to throw it out. So the main things that they're able to pass, now that doesn't mean that they're not able to do this with everything. The main things that we're being hit with is what? This is kind of flying under the radar that no one's really paying attention to. They're destroying us financially. I mean, they are absolutely torpedoing us financially. The financial bills that are being rammed through by all these governments, that is unified. They are in lockstep with that because they're not getting any resistance on that one because they've put people in a very bad spot. So they're they're doing all this stuff. But what's the biggest thing that's now been proposed? What's the what's the American left been doing? Infrastructure bills, right? Oh, we got infrastructure. We got to pass infrastructure. We we got to do all this build back better, broader, uh, in a more feminist way, Johnson said, and all the rest of it. Yeah, give me a break with that. That, that, that what a disappointment that scumbag's been. The last infrastructure plan that was proposed by the U.S. was six trillion. Six trillion. They toned it down to six trillion. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, it was eleven trillion, but they they knocked it down. Yeah. I, I guess they they got rid of their salary bump in there. But if you think that that's bad, well, wait till you hear what they've cooked up at the G seven. They've now proposed a forty trillion dollar build back better plan infrastructure plan for the world. Forty trillion. What happened to a hundred? A hundred trillion was the Green New Deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 100 trillion was a green new deal. Well, this this will get you halfway almost. $40 trillion. You tell me what nation on this planet can afford that. Tell me what nation on this on this planet can afford that. The Germans cannot do it. The French cannot do it. The Americans cannot do it. Hell, the Chinese can't do it. As a matter of fact, the I entire think the Western world can't do it. There's no way. There's no way. Even collectively, if you put all that together, there's no way. That would bankrupt everybody. $40 trillion. As a matter of fact, I tell you what. I tell you what, you want to start somewhere? Trump's talking about reparations by China to the world to the tune of $10 trillion. I'd say that's a pretty good down payment. That's a pretty good start. Honestly, I, th- I think that uh, $40 trillion from the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, that, that would be a pretty good, pretty good down payment, don't you? I mean, I think we've spent just about that collectively here in the West anyway, haven't we not, since last year? Pretty close. Now, I know that we have GDPs, but I'm not talking about GDPs in the manner. And I know that's probably what you're looking at. Uh, but I'm I'm not comparing this 40 trillion to uh, collective GDPs of Western nations, because if you look at the money that comes in versus the money that goes out, uh, we're in the red all the way. 
So there's no way that you can take on a collective $40 trillion from Western nations, especially the ones from the G7. There's no way. The G7 couldn't do it anyway, even if they they combined the entirety of their GDP, they still would be seven, eight trillion short. That's saying nothing. Go, the GDP goes to nothing else other than that. Right. Exactly. And they still wouldn't have enough. Exactly. So there's no other spending of any kind whatsoever. And it goes to that. Well, it's OK, because Boris Johnson said they're going to create millions upon millions of high wage jobs. Hey, uh, they're also talking about doing a 15 percent global tax. Uh, yeah. You notice that um, there are uh, corporations and, and countries that are saying, uh, wait, can we can we get an exemption uh, to that? Can we get an exemption to that somehow? China allows the exemptions. Well, that's yeah. China allows a corporate tax of zero percent. But there's a stipulation. You don't just get zero percent. Right. Google and Facebook and uh, the rest of these companies, Apple and the rest of them, they moved to China because they got zero percent corporate tax. Do you want to know how the Chinese do that? You can take a zero percent corporate tax here. We won't touch you, but you have to take CCP members onto your board of directors. Uh huh. Yeah, that's how they're doing it. So what message do you think that those corporations are going to carry? Maybe the one we've been hearing all this time. Oh, the build back better. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I did some looking the other day. I was looking for something different. I was looking for something uh, along the lines of climate lockdowns. Do you, do you remember climate lockdowns? We were hearing about that last year. And the World Economic Forum, they were putting out videos about climate lockdowns. You got to see the video they put out yesterday, by the way. They took away the, uh, the dislike system uh, on YouTube for that particular video of the newest one that the World Economic Forum put out. So what did they do? They just put the video out as an unlisted video. They were talking about climate lockdowns last year. But you know, I tell you what, before I before I get into this climate lockdown stuff because I want to I want to tell you what I found. It goes to a larger point and it goes to everything that we've just mentioned previously. This is what I've been building up to. But you know, I want to play this video, this unlisted video by the World Economic Forum that was put out. Now I I want you I want you to tell me if this if this Sounds like they're telegraphing. Isn't that your favorite word about these people, Bruce, is telegraphing? Now, yeah. it's an unlisted video. Why don't they want people seeing this? Well, if they put this out and they made it public and you were able to dislike or like or comment on it, the hate mail would be what it usually is. And when this happens, they're going to look at these people as being the ones responsible. The title of the video is A Cyber Attack with COVID-like characteristics? Question mark. What was it that dear old Klaus had to say last year about a cyber attack? Now, we're starting to see more and more deliberate denial of service and, and all the rest of it. We're starting to see that. Now, the question is, why is that happening now? And where is it coming from? Listen to what dear old Klaus had to say last year at this time. But still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness 
for a potential cyber pandemic. Now, he said that last year, a year ago, and now we're starting to see all of these things. And we got cyber polygons coming up in a month. Yeah, about a month, less than a month, actually. And we're going to be watching that. Yep. Bruce and I are going to be watching that. That's going to be put on by the World Economic Forum. They're going to war game this out, just like they did with Event 201 with the coronavirus pandemic, just like they did SPARS years ago, which we haven't talked about that yet, by the way. You see, it's to cover their sorry asses when they actually pull this. It's to cover them and say, well, no, 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 we were we were wargaming this and, and and we're the ones that that came up with the potential responses to it because we've already looked at the potential outcomes of this. Now, if I'm an investigator and I'm tasked with investigating these recent cyber attacks, quotes, you know, if I'm tasked with that and I'm told by my superiors, get us a suspect list by the end of the week, I would stand on the other side of that desk and I would say, all I need is 24 hours and I'll get you your list. And I'll tell you exactly where I'm starting. I'm starting with that scumbag Schwab. That's where I'm starting. Now, my superiors might not like the answer that I give them, but he's at the top of my suspect list. Now, let's listen to the unlisted video that they put out today. Bruce, you're going to love this. You haven't heard this yet. Let's listen to this unlisted video that they put out. Yeah, this to me just seems like, well, you know, they're, well, you, you decide. The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken our economies and societies to the core and shown us how vulnerable we are to biological threats. In the digital world, similar risks are being overlooked right now. A cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics would spread faster and further than any biological virus. Its reproductive rate would be around 10 times greater than what we've experienced with the coronavirus. To give you an idea, one of the fastest worms in history, the 2003 slammer Sapphire Worm, doubled in size approximately every 8.5 seconds, infecting over 75,000 devices in 10 minutes and almost 11 million devices in 24 hours. Fortunately, at least until now, cyber attacks have not impacted our health the way pandemics have, but the economic damages, and therefore the impact they have had on our daily lives, have been equal and sometimes even greater. You see, the only way to stop the exponential propagation of a COVID-like cyber threat is to fully disconnect the millions of vulnerable devices from one another and from the internet. All of this in a matter of days. A single day without the internet would cost our economies more than 50 billion US dollars, and that's before considering the economic and societal damages should these devices be linked to essential services, such as transport or healthcare. As the digital realm increasingly merges with our physical world, the ripple effects of cyber attacks on our safety just keep on expanding at a faster pace than what we're preparing for. COVID-19 was known as an anticipated risk. So is the digital equivalent. Let's be better prepared for that one. The time is now. Present you with the problem. They didn't give us a solution in that, though. No, they didn't. Well, I would argue that they're not looking for a solution until until the problem comes. Now, see, they're they're warning about it. Now, is anyone going to listen? They're going to be the supposed saviors on the other side of it. Problem, reaction, solution. It's in black and white. It's as plain as day. They're telling you what they're going to do. You heard the clip that I played of Klaus Schwab last year. You're telling me that that clip that they just put out this morning doesn't sound like an echo of exactly almost word for word of what he said last year. Sounds the same to me. I exactly mean, it, it sounds even more clear yep. that uh, they're they're planning to do some kind of malicious attack. And the thing is, is it, it's not even necessarily that they're going to do the attack or, or pay for the attack. Uh, what they did is they paid for the production of a video to 
basically tell any nefarious groups out there that might be listening that, hey, the world is vulnerable to this kind of thing. Uh, and then you could also point to um, Colonial Pipeline. You could, uh, you know, point to the the recent ransomware attacks that we've seen and say, see, look, if you guys do it right, we'll pay you off. And the thing is, is they're not even necessarily doing it right. The hacker group that hit Colonial said, we didn't shut it down. They shut it down. What we did wouldn't shut it down at all. So it's almost like these corporations are saying, uh, come and attack us. We'll make it look bad and then pay you off. And then the FBI will get that money back. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mysteriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at something the other day and I remember these these uh, people down at, down at Davos Group talking about climate lockdowns last year. I thought climate lock. Now, this is before they locked everything down again for the cold and flu season, which I said they were going to do last summer. I when we got into this time last year, I said they're going to call the second wave the cold and flu season. You watch. They're going to run wild with everything. And oh, God, did they run wild with it? And you know something? You think they ran wild with it last winter. What do you think they're going to do with it this next winter? So I typed in. I just went to, I think it was like Bing or something, whatever it was. I typed it because I don't use Google, which Bing's just as bad. But um, I, I went to one of the search engines. I think that's the one I went to. I, I don't know, whatever DuckDuckGo used. And I typed in climate lockdown. And it was like the second, the, you know, the first result I got was like BBC. And I'm like, no, that wasn't, that, that's not what I'm looking for. The, the next one was some op-ed piece out of like the Wall Street Journal or something or whatever. And I was like, no, that's not it. I'm not, I'm not looking at that. Then I saw something obscure on like the third or fourth one. And it was titled just simply this, Avoiding a Climate Lockdown. And it was published by something called the WBCSD. I thought, what in the name of all that is holy is the WBCSD. Never heard of it. It's very catchy. It is very catchy. Yeah, kind of. You can remember it very easily, can you not? Yeah, really so, easy to remember. Just rolls yeah. right off the tongue. Yeah, it does. So I, I started looking at this thing and I thought, okay, climate lockdown. This article was published October 21st of 2020. Lockdowns happened about, at least in Europe, they happened about two weeks after that, roughly, maybe a little bit before. I started to look around at this uh, WBCSD and I thought, okay, first of all, what does that stand for? Well, it stands for the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. There's that word again, sustainable. That's straight out of Karl Marx. So as I'm going around and I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, what is what what is all this stuff? I mean, the, the messages look familiar, all of it. And you remember what I said last week? I said, when a company gets a bad name or they they become tarnished or whatever, they change their name, they change their logo, they change their slogan or whatever, but they still do the same nefarious garbage behind the scenes. That's what the World Economic Forum is doing. That's what the United Nations are doing, both of them. And you say, wait a minute, you're talking about uh, one website for one organization. Oh, no, I'm not. There's another website that I got segued over to when I was looking at this, because everything on this WBCSD is all about, uh, well, we need to look at our our vision for 2050. See, they're not looking at 2030. The, the 2030 stuff is just to sell you on whatever garbage this Build Back Better nonsense. There's nothing on here about Build Back Better, but it's all about the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, which is straight out of the UN Agenda 2030. But there is no mention whatsoever on this that I can see that is related to the World Economic Forum or the United Nations. As a matter of fact, I saw the term UN, not even United Nations. I saw the term UN listed once when I was looking at something about housing because I know what Agenda 21 was. I read Agenda 21 
uh, like 15 years ago. And I knew what the housing agenda was in there. And it's the same thing. Of course, they transferred it to 2030 and uh, the Davos group, they're talking about it. And of course, 2050. So I thought, all right, I will go in and I will look at the things they're talking about with housing and living conditions and see if it lines up with that. And sure enough, it does. Sure enough, it does. So I start looking around and, and I'm thinking, what is this other stuff? So as I'm looking around, everything's about oh, our vision, our 2050 vision, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, Let's look at the overview section, right? Because you're going to get a pretty good rundown of everything in there. Well, listen to this. Our members. Okay, who are your members? It's a good place to start. Let's see who's involved in this, right? All the road signs and everything are are similar. Sustainable development goals, ESGs, all all that stuff. You know, the usual uh, economic, social, and governance, you know, that, that. All that stuff and building safe and resilient, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that stuff. So it starts out with this. Our members, the WBCSD, again, rolls right off the top, is proud of convening almost 200, listen to this, forward thinking. What was Obama's campaign slogan for his second term? Forward? Forward thinking? Karl Marx? Ringing a bell yet? Almost 200 forward thinking global companies committed to advance the sustainability agenda Again, right out of the United Nations, but they're not saying it. Sustainable business lies at the heart of sustainable development. Huh. All right. Uh, What's their philosophy? Well, let's take a look at that. Almost 200 of the world's forward thinking companies work together to accelerate the transition to a sustainable world. We are a global CEO-led organization whose mission is to accelerate the the transition to a sustainable world by making more sustainable businesses more successful. Our vision is to build a world where 9 billion people are living well and within the boundaries of the planet by 2050. Our vision is to build a world where... Think about that last sentence. Our vision is to build a world where 9 billion people are living well. What did Bill Gates say? Right now, we've got a population of seven and a half billion people. That's headed up to about nine billion, right? So they're on track with the number. To make sure that they're living well and within the boundaries of the planet, meaning you're not going to space. You're not going to that uh, that space hotel that Amazon's going to put up there. You're not going to the, uh, the, the moon colony that Musk wants to do. You're not going to Mars because they have no control. Our mission and vision are ambitious. Oh, I'd say so. If you want to stomp on people, I'd say so. Driving long term, sustainable change across our highly complex and interconnected world is not easy. No problems exist in isolation and incremental change is no longer sufficient to fix the world's pressing challenges. Well, see, they got to move on this. Yeah, they got to move on this. But yet you have to go down further to find out again. Those are their visions and their slogans and their whatever, their goals. Well, who are their members? They got some really interesting companies that are involved here. Over 200 forward-thinking companies. Well, you got companies like 3M, Anheuser-Busch, Apple, Acer, BP, Bayer, Bloomberg, BMW, Bridgestone, Canon, Chevron, DuPont, Dow Chemicals, Deloitte, Roche, Glasgow Smith-Kline, Goodyear, Google, Honda, Henkel, Ikea. Yeah, you like those couches? Ikea. You know, Ikea is the only place. Yeah, it's the only place you can go and you can get a three-bedroom set. That comes in a box the size of a milk carton that weighs 9,000 pounds. It's amazing, that place. Mitsubishi, Michelin, Nestle. Couldn't see that one coming. Pirelli, Procter & Gamble, Pepsi, Royal Dutch Shell, Santander, SAP, Salve Polymers, Unilever, Total, Toyota, UPS, Verizon, Walmart, Volkswagen. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's not the world leaders that are at the root of our problem. They're just water carriers for these people. You can't elect... A corporation. You know, I, I said this before 
no government should allow a government within a government to form in the form of a business that becomes more powerful than the government itself. And that's exactly what's happening here. You know, we have laws against this stuff, but the problem is, is that they've gone in and they literally just walk up to you and say, hey, uh, you want to be a billionaire? Do, do you want to be a millionaire? Do, do you want to make all kinds of money? Do you want to live a lavish lifestyle? You want to have all the uh, all the frills? You want to have rock star status? All you have to do is do this. That's all they're doing. And a lot of these companies are in bed with China, I might add. So you got these world leaders out there talking about climate this, climate that. It's because they're doing the bidding of these corporations behind the scenes. That's what it's all about. These are the corporations that Klaus Schwab and company have under their thumbs. And I honestly think that there's some there's some trouble in paradise because a couple of reasons. One, the public hates them. They're putting out unlisted videos because if they put it out, then they're going to be seen as the ones that are causing it. Hell, the World Economic Forum put out something the other day talking about how they what should they do to uh, quell disinformation online. And they put a picture of Jack Posobiec up there. And you should have seen the backlash down through there. I think I saw one positive comment. Everyone was saying, oh, well, we can start by banning you. We, we can shut your yeah. account off. We can take you down. We can start there. And I agree. We can start there. You want to stop disinformation? Shut those people down. You got Klaus Schwab out there on TV <laughs> begging people to uh, to get on board with uh, with his agenda because uh, well they're they're on the wrong side of history, right? As a matter of fact, I, I just I got I got to play it again because it's just it's so it's so pathetic. Here he is. Finalized, maybe what we need is also a new mindset. Uh, it has been mentioned uh, we in the business world, we see now that companies who are not committed to ESG metrics, to stakeholder capitalism, uh, just to stakeholder capitalism, <laughs> that um, those companies are on the wrong side of history. Oh, But it's not only companies. I think we also have to ask the question how we can apply the ESG metrics even to governments <laughs> too, uh, because uh, it's not just GDP, it's well-being, it's prosperity. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still would thoroughly enjoy sitting down and having dinner with that guy. I don't know if I could stand to look at him for more than a couple of minutes. I, I'd just be like, oh, God, do I really have to sit here and look at you? You know, is there, is there is there somebody else I can sit down with? You know? I appreciate your hospitality, Klaus, but uh, my God, man, do I can we put like a wall up or something, you know, to, just so I don't have to look at you because I have to hear you all the time anyway. But did you see how desperate he looked? Did, did you see that? Actually, how he was, it, how he was uh, reaching across uh, and he was smiling while he was holding his book. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like uh, the, the, the smile was almost like it was almost giddy at the same time. He He, he, yeah. he almost looked. I don't know. Yeah. We need to apply a new mindset. <laughs> to who? To who? To the people on the street that hate your guts? You going to apply a new mindset to those people? I don't think so. I don't think so, Klaus. You do or you die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay because Gordon Brown said they're going to decide who lives and who dies at the G7. Yeah. They're going to decide that. Exactly. Yeah. So climate lockdowns. You want to know who's going to give you a climate lockdown? That scumbag right there. That kind of nonsense is going to give you a climate lockdown. These companies, and I'm, I'm just naming a few, these companies are the ones that are going to give you a climate lockdown because they've got some sycophantic idea in their head that there's this issue with carbon. They picked carbon because that's the basis of all life. If they can tax and regulate and control carbon, then they can tax and regulate and control all aspects of life on Earth. That's why they picked it. You know, they actually, they had debates openly in the UN in the 90s about, is there a way for us to sit down and tax the sun? 
And they said, no, that's just too crazy. We can't do that. People won't buy that. So they cooked up this cockamamie idea about taxing carbon. They had to figure out because it was it was done under the initiative of a gentleman by the name of and you'll probably be looking him up as soon as I say it, it was done under the initiative of, of a gentleman by the name of Maurice Strong back in the 90s. I think he's dead now. But he said, isn't the only hope for, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, he says, isn't the only hope for the world that the industrialized nations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? He said that at the Rio Climate Summit or whatever it was back in the 90s. I don't know if I got the quote exactly right. I'm just doing it from memory. But that's who these people are. They spent decades flying over our power plants in the West. They spent decades flying over top of them looking for anything looking for anything, any kind of pollutant. And they said, there are none. There's nothing. We can't do anything. There, there's, no, there's no way we can do this. They had to figure out how to deindustrialize us and build China up. So what did they say? Well, uh, we're just going to make, uh, we're, we're just going to regulate uh, carbon, uh, carbon dioxide. We're going to call CO2 a toxic pollutant. That's all they did. So climate lockdowns, they're going to try and pull this. And of course, I mean, the COVID lockdowns, people can already see that. I mean, the only people you're going to have on board with these climate lockdowns are going to be the Extinction Rebellion loonies. So this article that was put out back in October of last year, it's the usual nonsense. It's under a climate lockdown. Listen to this. Listen to this. Under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat, which... That's not even what they mean. They mean all animal products. They don't just mean red meat. And impose extreme energy saving measures. While fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling to avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. Okay, governments would limit private vehicle use. Let me ask you a question. If we had fully autonomous vehicles now, if we had them, if we had 100% electric cars, fossil fuel cars, diesel cars, petrol cars, let's say that those were a thing of the past. If we had all electric autonomous vehicles now, do you think that you would have been able to operate them last year? The answer is no. They would have shut it all down. Depends on the company. But if these are ESG companies? If they were on board with the ESG companies, potentially, yeah, they, they, they could have done something like that or attempted it. Uh, I, I don't think that would have gone over well. Well, you look what they're- Class action lawsuits. Yeah, but look what they're doing in India. They've made it. They struck a deal with the telecom companies, the pharma companies, and the government have said, "Okay, these people don't want to take the uh, the experimental COVID vaccine. Shut off their phones." I think it's the same kind of deal. I mean, you got companies like BMW, Volkswagen, Mercedes Benz, all ESG compliant. I mean, hell, you're hard pressed to find a vehicle over here that's not one of those. I still, I still feel like um, if they were to try uh, attempting something like that here in the U.S. at this point. It would not go well at all. No, no, not not in the U.S. Of course, we like our pickup trucks. You know, that's just that's the way it is. Uh, this other thing here, when I said uh, ban the consumption of red meat, they're not talking about uh, just red meat, folks. They're talking about everything. They're talking about eggs, milk, cheese, butter, uh, the, the works, all poultry, fish, everything gone. You're going to eat weeds. You're going to drink sewage water and you're going to eat bugs. That's the Great Reset. That's Klaus Schwab. That's the World Economic Forum. That's the United Nations. That's what you're going to get and impose extreme energy saving measures. You know what that means? That means they're going to shut off your water and electricity. They're going to shut off your heating. That's what that means. Texas? Anybody? Anybody remember Texas? Old Joe Biden is doing what? While people in Texas are literally freezing to death. He's doing what? He's tweeting out a photo of him throwing a log on the fire with his dog. 
It's about them living a lavish lifestyle and rubbing it in your face while you're starving to death. It's it's exactly what I said last week. These people don't want you happy and fulfilled and content. They don't want you thinking about your husband or your wife or your kids or going on a vacation somewhere or uh, going to a baseball game or going to a football game or going to the park on Sunday. They want to take away absolutely every aspect of your life. So you're in abject squalor and you're too busy trying to figure out how to stay alive. You're too busy trying to figure out how am I going to get fresh water today? How am I going to get food today? How am I going to get uh, work today? How am I going to get uh, a roof over my head and, and keep it there? They're too busy trying to put you in that position because they don't want you having the fulfillment and then reading about uh, philosophy and and dialectics and theological discussions and, and having a, a religious belief. So you unify as one people, regardless of race, color and creed, and you come together and you overthrow them. They want you in that desperation sense for the rest of your days until eventually you're just so miserable and you're too tired and you give up and you kill yourself. That's what they want. I would argue the um, the uh, the attack on the red meat that would be an affront on many religions um, because, uh, for example, I know Judaism red meat is one of their quote unquote clean meats, uh, kosher meat that they're they're allowed to eat. Now, I know it's there's also- other religions that they're they're like cows, for example, are a very uh, what do you want to call it. Um, uh, honorable animal, important animal. I don't, you know, whatever. Whatever. I, I think Indians see it sacred. sacred. Yeah, I think sacred India cow. sees it that way as well. Yeah, sacred. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. It is that. I wasn't actually thinking about that, but yeah, you're right. Uh, because I still think that they need to throw something in here to to break Western civilization with the underpinnings of religion. I think that's where the Vatican. They've got the Vatican now uh, taking over part of the agenda, and I think that's where this UFO garbage that they're going to be talking about later this month. I think that's how that's going to play into it too. It's another deception. Don't believe it. But the other aspect to the red meat, and it, it it's more than just it, like I said, it's more than just red meat. It's all meat, all of it. It's fish. Uh, it's poultry. It, it, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. The health side of things also plays into the animal products. We need animal products. Now, I understand that there are people out there that do the whole vegan thing and, and vegetarian stuff. I understand I, and I get it, but no, to an extent, I get it. But there are some things that you just cannot supplement. You, you just can't do it. Uh, for example, red meat, that helps you develop uh, a certain neurological uh, pathway, for lack of a better way to, to understand it. But it allows you to develop cognitively to a certain point when you're growing up. So you need the vitamins and minerals that come from consuming animal products when you're growing up. That's why when you see these uh, these parents, these trendy parents out there that say, oh, we're giving our kid a vegan diet and the kid dies because you can't substitute those things. Those are essential vitamins and minerals that developing minds need. You cannot take that away and you cannot replace it with flies, which is what they're talking about. Going into to that, let, let look at any looking at food from more of a just sustenance standpoint, you know, overlooking the nutrition and everything. Um, you absorb some of the meat products far better than you do the, the you know, vegetarian, vegan foods. And in it, less quantities. And in less quantities. So really, when you take into account the amount of nutrition you get from the meats, I mean, GP's talked about this before, when you take into account the nutrition you get from meats compared to the same protein intake from vegetables and accounting for the uh, metabolization of, of it, it, meats are more environmentally friendly 
and they're absorbed better. I mean, eggs are one of the best absorbed proteins you can have. I mean, you you absorb that really well. It's something like 40 some percent or something like that. I mean, it's it's for as far as food and absorption rates, that's it's really good. And there's other things like milk, for example, you know, calcium, vitamin D, you know, there, there's there many, many wonderful nutritional aspects to milk that's provided you're not lactose intolerant. Fish, omega-3, fatty acids. You've got to have that. You've got to have that. Me personally, I don't like, of course, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. I don't like fish. I don't know what it is. I used to eat it like crazy when I was a kid, but somewhere, somehow, and I never had a bad experience with it, never had a bad reaction to it or anything like that. Somewhere, somehow, my taste buds changed and I just don't like it anymore. I don't like the the taste, the the texture, the smell, any of it. I just don't. So what do I do? I'm also big into like fitness and, and nutrition and, and all the rest of it. So what do I do? I supplement it. There's a couple, and I literally mean a couple, there's a couple of supplements out there that are really good. And I take one of them uh, and I supplement fish, what I would normally get of like a omega-3. So you get the DHA and the EPA and you get, of course, you get the omega-3 fatty acids in that. So, and I, it comes from sustainable sources. Uh, and I also, uh, I also take a, I take two different fish supplements uh, and I take a multivitamin and I take powdered vitamin C, a specific one. There's literally only one that you can take and trust. The rest of it comes from China uh, and I don't take the stuff from China. So there are all these other things. Marty's talked about, for example, uh, they were able to cure a lot of problems in the UK with rickets. People had rickets, you know, kids had rickets and they cured that with what? Butter. So it's, it's these kinds of things. There's health and nutritional side of things that you need with these particular products that the human body has evolved with. You can't just change all this stuff. They're trying to change what you put in your body, vaccines included. They're trying to change all that. You can't just come along and alter the human diet like that. You can't just do that. Why do you think that they've been trying to push and mainline this uh, gluten-free and and uh, and soy and, and all the rest of it for the last several years? Oh, no, don't drink milk. Drink oat milk. Drink almond milk. This kind of stuff. Don't eat yogurt from dairy. Eat almond yogurt. You, your body's not meant to process that kind of stuff. Now, and I'm I'm sympathetic to the ones that have. I'm not knocking people that have celiac disease. You know, the gluten free stuff. Their bodies can't process gluten. I'm not knocking the people that are lactose intolerant. As a matter of fact, the people I know that are lactose intolerant, they wish they could sit down and eat a big bowl of ice cream or drink a tall glass of milk. They wish they could do it, but they can't. So I'm sympathetic to that. So and, and I'm glad that they actually manufacture these products out there for those people to at least get some semblance of. Uh, what it is to to enjoy those types of things. So I'm sympathetic to that, but not if you're out there doing it just to be some trendy liberal. I can't stand that. All right. What did I say, Bruce, when we started? I said, uh, we're going to shorten it up today because I'm busy tomorrow. But what happens when I usually say that? We run over and we did. All right. Uh, we are going to have to go. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just to our Telegram subscribers. And we had a really good one. Uh, this week on Saturday. So go back and check that out if you haven't already. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.